All right, welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 184 here. I took another hiatus last week, but now everything is back to normal. Altai here, joined by... Remo. All right, so how is Vegas once again? Things are much the same. I've only been gone for a week. I was in Vancouver visiting uh, Altai and his girlfriend over there. Was, Altai is visiting his girlfriend too. Very nice city. Uh, glad to be back in Vegas still with my giant twenty uh, giant monitors. So much easier to play games and do stuff with three monitors. It's super convenient. But uh, I've been playing quite a bit of oddball games these last two weeks. Actually, I've been playing a lot of Dota Two Auto Chess. I've been playing a lot of Warcraft Three custom games. And this kind of goes back to a discussion we've had for a long time about the power of player created content. And I think this week the game that best demonstrates just how amazing player-created content is is dota auto chess we've talked about it in the past briefly but just the numbers for dota 2 auto chess are staggering so i'll tell you want to run through those yes yeah, sure so uh well first of all uh thank you for the sub dasu thank you yeah dasura wrath wraith uh so the game has over two hundred fifty thousand uh users last night when i played and i think you said it hit over 300 at one point i've seen three hundred thirty thousand just what today. Wow. I've seen 330,000 concurrent players playing Dota Auto Chess. These are not players on Dota 2. These are players on Dota 2 playing Auto Chess exclusively, not playing the regular mode. So at times, there are more players, just to put this number into context, there are more players playing Dota 2 Auto Chess than they are playing Counter-Strike Go at certain hours during the day. And sometimes there are more people playing Dota Auto Chess than playing the actual Dota 2 game. And this is just a single custom map for Dota 2. I'm sure you can show off some gameplay in the background if you'd like. Okay, uh, let me see, let me find this. It's essentially just a tower defense style game. It's, it's What's remarkable is it's not really anything too new. Uh, fan round, thank you. Fan round, thank you so much for the Twitch Prime <laughs> sub. Much love. But uh, it's basically, it, it's, again, it's, it's, it's an iteration of a popular Stop. tower defense style game from, uh, there's a game called Pokemon Defense back on Warcraft 3. It's very similar to that. I doubt anyone's ever heard of that who's listening to this. But it's similar to Pokemon Defense. It's similar to Mother StarCraft and Warcraft 3 custom maps. But you basically just build a bunch of units and you fight off other enemy units after each wave of enemies. And there's obviously a lot of strategy involved with what units you build and whatnot. It's a little bit, it's much more complex than, you know, what you can just a tower defense game because there's certain unit units synergize with each other. And certain teams work better than other teams. And unit placement is very important as well. But it just shows how remarkable unleashing player creativity can be. Like up until now, we've had a, a few big custom maps. We talked about two Avatar Dream Battle, I think like, like four or five months ago. That game peaked at like 20, 30,000 current players. But to have 330,000 players playing one custom map is insane. It brings so many new players to Dota. And I don't think Valve could like could have ever created this on their own, really. It just The only reason this succeeded was there were so many players making maps, and some maps did really well. Yeah, and it's done a great job of bringing back a lot of a lot of old friends of mine that I used to play Dota 2 with, the regular mode. You know, mm-hmm. I stopped playing for the past few years. A lot of them stopped playing too. But uh, with the success of this game has actually brought us back to the game. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's funny, one of the loading screens you get when you launch uh, Dota Auto Chess, it says at the top left, why don't you try uh, regular Dota after a round of Dota Auto Chess? So it's so funny that the custom game is advertising the real game uh, now. And this mm-hmm. game really saved Dota. I mean, Dota was on a... Let me go back to this uh, dream steam chart here. Dota was on a downward trend for the past, like, two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the peak, So the, in February 2016, you had 700,000 people average playing. Uh, that was the average uh, concurrent players. Then we went all the way down to about 430,000, 430, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And since then, basically, of October last year, it's gotten back up. And I'm going to say 100% of that gain, maybe more 
is Dota Auto Chess. At least that giant big jump between 475,000 to 500. That, that 100,000 player jump over there between like average players or so. I'm going to say it's mostly due to Auto Chess right there. It's an 89,000 jump is from uh, just the last from February and January. And that's when Dota Auto Chess really started to blow up. And we've been saying for a long time that like a lot, it's amazing how many of our most successful genres and games came from player made mods. You know, Battle Royale genre was a mod for uh, was a mod for Arma. It came from there originally. And we've seen uh, even tower, all the, the cuts of a tower defense game came from mods from StarCraft 1 and WarCraft 3. And even, you know, League of Legends, Dota 2, these games all came from StarCraft 1's Aeon of Strife, which is further popularized through Dota on WarCraft 3. So, like, it's amazing just how much comes from player modding. And 330,000 players concurrent is nothing to laugh at. That's one, this is one of the most played games in, like, on, on the PC, like, ever. And yeah. it's just a mod. It's amazing. Yeah, and I really hope uh, Valve uh, doesn't drop the ball here and just kind of let it fade out. I really think if they nurture this, you know, whoever made this, they can get them on on board. Um, they can pour more resources into it, make it, you know, a real like a standalone mode, you know, upgrade mm-hmm. it from just a custom game to like its own, you know, some resources dedicated to it. And I think I think it's got a lot of legs. I, again, it's one of the biggest games on Steam. It's like number like two or three on Steam uh, mm-hmm. if it was its own independent thing. So this, you know, just don't drop the ball. There's a Valve has been on a decline for a while now. You know, um, Artifact, right? It was a total disaster. Yeah. Let's see how many players that has going on right now. Yeah, so I think they can really nice. salvage themselves if they um, give this game the care it needs. Mm-hmm. And this game has actually been getting updated pretty regularly. I mean, if you look at the, the patch notes when you, every time you launch the game, it gets updated very often. So they're doing a good job with the game so far. I've played it a lot myself, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And even if you don't play Dota 2 or even like MOBAs, I do encourage you to give Dota 2 a try. Just download the game and play Dota Auto Chess. I mean, I think it's more fun lately than the regular mode, but you know, definitely give it a try. It's free. Indeed. But actually, I mean, we've seen this implementation work really well in Minecraft. We've seen it work really well in Roblox as well. I mean, these are only like MOS games, but there's really been no good MMORPG to implement player-created content besides one, and that was Neverwinter and Star Trek Online, which both had the Foundry system. Oh, do you remember those? I do. And I also, do you know what happened to those? Yep, they're gone. They're, they're gone. Deleted. They're getting killed. Yep. And it's actually really sad. I put up an article on it, it was like I'm talking about it, but basically what's happening with Star Trek Online and Neverwinter is... um. But first of all, the way the Foundry system worked in these games is players could author their own player-made dungeons and adventures. So players could basically queue up for stuff that they're made by other players. So it, it, it takes place in an instance outside the game world, but you basically run through a story or a dungeon where all the NPCs, all the monsters are scripted by other players. So it creates really interesting interactive stories that you would have in Star Trek, which kind of lends itself to building a world from like it has a lot of lore a lot of fun stuff you can play with and never went there i mean D is like the ultimate like rpg for for players creating their own settings their own stories and i think the foundry center did a really good job with that i remember running dungeons and never went there they're made by other players which are really cool i mean some of the storytelling there i would actually say was better than the official never went there storytelling and they hired one of the guys that wrote the forgotten realms to help them with the story never went there but some of the player made content in never went there was just so much more engaging and interesting only because there's obviously there's a lot of garbage too because player made content and like the best content makes its way to the top, you know, you experience some really cool stuff. And they're shutting it down because of probably the, the most ridiculous thing. And the, the, what, they, what they basically said was, we no longer have the legacy knowledge required to keep the Foundry system going. So that's a fancy way of saying the, the, the guy who wrote the Foundry script and system, he, he no longer works at Cryptic. And no other engineer knows how he, he wrote the code, so they can't update it. And that's why they're shutting it down. Yeah, nobody, nobody there has a time or, uh, I guess, skill or experience with that code to keep it, you know, up to date. Yeah, 
It's, it's I mean, people have been funny. saying, I mean, it has not been updated for like years already. So hmm. the system as it was just kind of just kept the same. Like they didn't polish the system up or, or improve it much over the years at all. So basically nobody knows what to do with it. The original author isn't there. I guess he didn't leave any notes in his code either. So it's such a weird reason to shut it down. But it's it's gone. It's going to get killed. Rip Foundry. But uh, it should be note that Cryptic is still working on um, all their games. Uh, I think Star Trek is getting a new update uh, mm-hmm. recently. Uh, it either got one recently or one is about to drop, the Discovery one. So there's still a lot of content coming for both games. Neverwinter 2 actually is getting, is, is getting updates still. And I think mm-hmm. they're the ones working on that Magic the Gathering game that we announced uh, it was announced last year, I believe, and you know nothing new yet. Yeah, I mean they're definitely still working on the game, and I think Neverwinter is still Cryptic's most popular game. Yep. And people, I mean, people have given a lot of flack because it's associated with Perfect World, which is a Chinese company. But I think Neverwinter is actually a good game. I'm gonna give them a, the the thumbs up on that one. I think it's a pretty fun game. The fighter system was, I think, the most defining feature. But beyond that, it's you know, it's it's also one of the few actiony MMORPGs out there. It, it, I played the max level. I had a lot of fun with it, and it still averages about 2,100 players online at a given time, which. In the MMORPG genre these days, you know, is, is still pretty good numbers. I mean, th- there are no auto chess numbers, but they're still pretty impressive. Speaking of Perfect World, uh, they actually have a new trailer out for Perfect World Mobile in China. Have you seen this one? Ooh, I have not. All right, so it's obviously still a while to come to you know the West, but I think it will it will make its way here eventually. Perfect World's been pushing a lot of stuff, and they they tried a lot of stuff in America, so I could definitely see this happening too. Let me, let me whip this video up here. Bada bing. All right, and we can see. Yeah, we can see some gameplay here. So it's on your phone. Uh, it doesn't look great, but you know, for a phone, I guess it looks okay. Now here's the problem with these games too. These trailers never do it justice because you boot up the game, the experience like is totally different than what you see in these really cool looking trailers. I've seen so many mobile and RPGs look amazing in gameplay trailers. When you get in, it says okay, you click a button, your character starts auto playing for like five hours. That's not like a game in my eyes, but I don't and don't, and don't forget that two thirds of your screen is going to be the UI. Of course, of course. <laughs> they always hide the UI in these trailers. Yeah, because these games look really pretty otherwise. But as soon as you put the, the giant UI in there and the auto-playing, it gets kind of jiffy. Now, here's a question. Uh, uh, they, so, Perfect World has been shutting down a lot of their Eastern games uh, here in the West. So, mm-hmm. they still have Cryptic's games, you know, Champions, Neverwinter, Star Trek Online. Uh, but they only have two of their Eastern-developed games still up. Perfect World International and Forsaken World. But at one point, I think they had like ten games. At J Dynasty, there was Ever like Saga Online. Oh, there's so many, and then these uh, all these other ones too, like Battle of the Immortals. Yeah, yeah, all that. And War of the Immortals, two separate games, but they were basically the same thing. Yeah, so those are all gone now. Um, now, do you think if they bring Perfect World Mobile here, uh, they mm-hmm. will shut down Perfect World International? I, I don't think so. I think Perfect World International uh, is probably doing better than the other games they shut down already. Mm. I mean, if the mobile version takes off, they will. But out of curiosity, I googled Jade Dynasty because I remember that was that game is actually pretty big in China. But if you look at Jade Dynasty, actually, um, one of the first results on Google is a private server called Jade Dynasty Online, and they're advertising right now uh, 614 online players. Wow, it's not bad for a, pri- yeah. a single private server. You know, this is the first thing that came up on Google. They may not even be the most popular of the private servers out there. So 600 players online definitely ain't nothing. You know, ain't too shabby. Very impressive. I'm 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 kind of surprised that there are people. Uh still playing this one yeah i mean a lot of these and more shut down they do really well on private servers because uh i mean the biggest complaint in a lot of these games is how pay to win they become or other issues that the, the community can solve on their own by getting rid of those features tweaking the experience rate and stuff like that so a lot of these things can be fixed in the private server community and in fact a lot of like official servers don't really update that much either i mean if you played Ra- official ragnarok online like some of the private servers for ragnarok online are way more like 
has way more custom content and more updates in the official servers. So the community servers can do a lot better for some of these games than the official servers can do. That's why they thrive on private servers. Nice. All right, that's, that's all I have for... Steam. I want to talk about Steam as well, because Steam is okay. uh, involved in a minor, silly controversy. I'm curious oh. what you think about this. You, you, okay. You've heard of it probably. I think the I the rape it. day nonsense. Yeah. You know what? They should remove it as soon as they, you know, they, they spot it. And I do think, overall, Steam needs to do a better job of curation. I've said this before. I still think... I say let it go. Who cares? What's the problem? But the rape let thing? Let him have The it. rape game? Yeah, why not? I mean... They, I, can they, I guess legally they can have it, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? But they, their, their current guidelines say if it's not outright trolling or if it's not illegal, mm-hmm. they're not going to moderate it. Now, I do think, for example, this game is probably outright trolling. And I, I do think this game was an attempt by an indie game developer who probably you know can't make any real games because I, I, the script in this game is a joke. If you look at the, the, the dialogue option in this game, it's written really poorly. This is not like a, a quality game. First, I mean, this guy only made a game that was offensive to get attention. He got attention. It's covered by every major you know, gaming outlet out there. And we're talking about it right now. And he, he accomplished what he wanted to do. So he was like, he could have either made another shitty indie game that nobody plays, or he can make a really outrageous offensive game that gets a lot of coverage. And he, and he went with that outrageous approach, and it worked because people are talking about it. But I think this is such a non-conversation like, to me. At least just, just approve it and let people that want to play it play it. What's the problem? Well, here's the problem. Steam is a business, right? Valve is a business. I don't understand why I have to, as, as the as a customer. Imagine like Costco, okay? okay. Costco has good products, right? It's got a lot of products, but they're pretty good. They're all quality tested. But imagine Costco, or imagine any store. There's a store that they have every single product in the world in the in the shelves, but in no order, just just random order. You walk in, you okay. nobody would shop there because it's it's a, it's a labyrinth to get all this crap in the way to find the good stuff. So Steam has become this useless labyrinth. And they just gotta. But that, that's not related to this game, in particular. You want Steam to take an entirely different approach. But their, their current policy is, if a game isn't ship policy, ship policy. Illegal, well, this is that. Well, this is that. What trolling, as you said. So apparently, some a lot of there are a lot of hentai games already on Steam, visual novel games. But a lot of them are also like anything involving like minors are being removed instantly. Some of the the lolly content, I think, got removed from there. But like, there's already a lot of sexual content on on Steam. And I think it's really weird that people do make a very big distinction between uh, like rape. And murder and like like if you play GTA, you can literally mow over women and children right on, on, on a car. But for some reason, nobody bats an eye, right? Yeah. Like when the word rape is thrown around, it becomes like a grave sin, much more so in a video game than than mowing down women and children in a vehicle, like over or, or just with a machine gun or with grenades. I don't see why rape is worse than those other outcomes. It's just no. weird that our Western society has really look, rape. Rape is bad, obviously. So is murder. I, I should have to say that, right? But it's weird how much more vilified this aspect is than murder and torturing and killing children. It's just really weird that this got so much heat. Yeah, it, it does reflect on American culture specifically. I know a lot of foreigners, they don't want their kids to go to America because their parents are like, oh no, don't go to America, you're going to get shot. Because mm-hmm. there's this huge you know, association with gun culture in America. Um, but I, I, I don't see a single reason why in every game, including PUBG, Fortnite, the guns can't just be paintballs or something, or like tranquilizers. Mm-hmm. It would... It would you know, get rid of this violence aspect and, uh, you know, make it more fair. But, but, but what's the problem with the violence aspect? Like, who cares? Like, people know they're playing a video game. It, this isn't like... That's they're a, not confusing reality with the video game. They're shooting people in the game. They realize that. And it doesn't... You know. I think it desensitizes people. It's a whole other... Like, for example, let's say porn uh, desensitizes people to things. Like, if you if you continuously watch hardcore porn, they're doing all these crazy maneuvers that you can't, like, do in real life, like, easily because mm-hmm. you're fat... 
<laughs> okay? Like, and you get tired. Yeah, and, you get, and it, it makes real sex less... Pl- and, it, and this is true for everything, right? So I think there really is a... like. For example, do your neurons know you're playing a game versus shooting people in real life? I don't oh, think they... Hold on, hold on. No, you're making this weird abstract claim there, but this idea of violence and aggression by people playing video games has been studied so much because of Grand Theft Auto. Like, this Grand Theft Auto brought this, like, the mainstream discussion. There's been countless studies on this. I, I don't think there's been any kind of well, you, no, well, correlation. You're, you're, well, no, the claim I'm not making is not that playing a violent game makes you violent. Okay. I'm just saying playing a violent game makes it so that if you are forced to do a violent act, you kind of won't be, like, shocked about it. You know what I'm I mean, imagine you play a game oh, where you, like, that. slit throats for 100 hours, okay? Okay. And in VR, it looks all realistic, okay? It, I'm not saying you're going to go outside and slit a throat, but imagine someone points a gun at you and says, you must slit this throat or I'm going to shoot your kids. I'm going to shoot your you know, family. You will slit the throat and, you, and afterwards... One guy might be shaking and like going crazy because like he, but you'd be like, eh, uh, no, that, no, that no, sucks. No, no. That's, a, that's a bullshit. That's, bullshit. that's my claim. That's my claim. No, that's a bullshit claim. I think both people would be fucking shaking and shook after an encounter like that. Uh, and, and movies and stuff too. Like, you, you've watched a lot of violent movies. You watch, you know, you know, it doesn't make you like be okay with violence. But, it no, makes you. No, hmm. no, again, I'm not claiming you're okay with violence. I'm saying. If you find, I mean, think about this way. Do you believe in flight simulators? You know, they train pilots on, in these pods where they yes. have to, okay. And guess what? It makes you better at flying the plane. Yes. And if you if you have military sim, it can make you better at shooting and aiming. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. So if you decide that, if, but, but the thing is, there's, getting better at aiming and shooting does not turn you into a violent killer. If I play a game that trains <laughs> Wait, me at shooting. Hold on, hold on. I need you to stop you know, saying I'm saying that. I'm not saying you make you a violent killer. That's so, not what I'm saying. Okay. okay. So you, you're saying... It would make me easier to slit someone's throat if I slit someone's throat in a video game. It would make the aftermath you, you'd be more desensitized to it. It wouldn't make you want to do it. Okay, I get that. Okay. You'll you'll still realize. Okay, I can't slit this dude's throat. It's, it, that's an asshole move. Okay, but if if you find yourself in a situation where you, I, I'll make it simpler. Imagine there's a game called Survival Man, like Rust VR, and in this okay. game you're skinning hides of off deer. Okay? okay, and then you have to like you have to like take the organs out and you got to hang it. Okay? And you, you do it for like a thousand hours. Okay. Now, it's a plane crash, and we're both survivors, and we, we kill a deer. You'd be like, oh, give me the knife, man. I, I know what to do. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a simulator and improves your skill over there. I, yeah. think, I think what you're saying is maybe if, we get, maybe if these games exist in VR, and it becomes like a very immersive VR experience, I think you make a good point. But I think as they are, I don't think it's a fair comparison. Because, for example, that, your example of slitting a throat, right, in a video game, right? <laughs> if you take a person that's never like seen any movies... And he was living in a cave his whole life. For him to slit a throat might be very weird and difficult, right? But for someone who's forget if a guy who never played any video games, but has watched violent movies, it'll be the same for him. You know, it, I, say it again one more time. Say it again. So, I, I think you're conflating like two things here. If you took somebody who never played violent video games and yeah. asked him to slit a throat, yes, I think it would have the same amount of difficulty as the guy who played video games for this reason. Because the guy who didn't play video games, he still watched the violent movies. He's any anyone living oh, oh, in yeah. Western society. This is not, is this is not exclusive movies. to video games. Yes, I agree. The violent content we consume okay. in, in game and movies, uh, TV shows also has the same effect. I'm saying the desensitization effect. Okay. Yeah. So, in your in, in in a world where there was no acts of violence in media, it would be more difficult to slit throats. Yeah, I think you're right. Of course. No, no, it wouldn't be more difficult. Just the people would be deep more less desensitized to it. I don't know. This is the, the, the desense. The, the, where's the harm in this? No, I'm I'm, I'm not seeing the harm. I, let let people play their violent video games. Uh, well, I, fine. I I'll, 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 flip, I'll flip it too. What's what's the okay. cost? Imagine a Fortnite 
instead the bullets instead of being like red when you shoot them or like you know orange red like the fire my immersion bro it's like green like whoa green funky wait whoa in Fortnite you're building a goddamn like uh yeah you're building a ladder to heaven in a fort you're telling me about real 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 shut up your immersion immersion yeah shut up not realism what does that have to do with immersion what can they be slimes what's the difference yeah also I think if you look I think you made a point if you slit throat in a VR game and it feels super realistic but as is with our 2D games and our, and our regular monitors and movies, I don't think there's any kind of you know extreme desensitization going on. If it happened in a VR environment where you're seeing the blood like spew out, or with your example with the survival man, you you're, you know you're you're cutting the deer open. Yeah, I think I think you will be very you know desensitized to it, but not in a simple video game. I mean, I think we're just talking about degrees now, and I gave extreme examples sure. to, to highlight the you know the degrees. But I do so you think, think yes, playing games. They will desensitize you to the actual experience being simulated. But that's true for violent games. That's true for not like every kind of game, like jumping. Like if I don't know, uh, if you're if you're playing Rust, it's gonna it's gonna make it so if you are in the wilderness, you're gonna be slightly less freaked out than the guy who's never played a Rust game. I don't know about that, Altai. I think you throw me you throw me to the wilderness. I would be just. It might be false. Co- it might be false confidence. Don't get me wrong. You know, because you can't just pick up a rock and bash a, 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 a deer in the head. You know, so it might be you know. Sometimes that shock value is important. It's like a survival mechanism, you know. <laughs> so I think Altai, you are you are not okay with this game being on Steam, mainly because you don't want Steam to be. No, uh, I, I think like, yeah, I think platform. Steam is going to lose value if they don't curate. Every store has to curate. You know, Costco chooses what's on the shelves. Target chooses what to sell and what not to sell. If you just have a free for all, and you, again, just imagine a store that says we sell everything. Okay, ninety nine percent is going to be garbage. The internet is about like free for all. Like the idea of like. Google being a web search, you can you can filter through the free for all to find what you want. Is what That's makes it a Google, beautiful thing. Google, no, there's a lot of things Google chooses not to index. No, they don't index yes. stuff that they get they, they get for copyright infringement claims, and like maybe like illegal things like CP. But beyond that, it's a free for all. I think they they choose index almost everything. But and again, YouTube's policy is pretty much if it's not like YouTube's policy is pretty much get almost everything. But they've had a lot more uh, problems with you know censorship with political stuff lately but i think what made youtube a beautiful platform is that it was basically everything you had youtube was built on people having videos of like shaving their toes and playing minecraft like two people watching you know like the small channels and all the nonsense on youtube is what makes it a beautiful thing and do you, uh, do you know what happened with youtube this week well maybe last week we just what? weren't here they had another huge controversy with uh pedophiles using the service uh, mm-hmm. to like send each other links or something through comments. So now there's this huge uh, issue. A whole bunch of channels got uh, demonetized. Their comments got uh, removed. You can't leave comments on many the, channels. The problem is not, again, the free-for-all YouTube content. The problem is illegal content. And illegal content, Valve has already specifically taken a stand against. I think, though, any kind of... If you want to... The curation works some, you know, on a lot of things, but I think there's a bigger benefit to uh, just letting everything go. And that's what I think makes internet a beautiful place. Okay, so maybe... Okay, this is going to be a little meta here. But I think fundamentally there's two perspectives on this, and I think we have different ones. So mm-hmm. you think people choose what they consume so in terms of like, okay, I want to play this kind of game, watch this kind of movie, right? Where I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the opposite. What you end up seeing, right, molds mm-hmm. what you want to see, right? So if you make a free-for-all, whoever can game the system and put some weird shit in front of you, he will make you a weird shit seeker, right? So it's not, it's not, it's not you choosing the content. It's a content you know, infecting you like a virus. Mm-hmm. So what you see, so what, what, what you see on YouTube when you're a kid is what you're gonna seek on YouTube the next day and the next day and the next day, and the recommended engines and you know basically control you. So I, 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 I think there's that. a reason for curation, human curation. I'll take a look at the link that somebody just posted in uh, in, in chat and read the, read the headline out loud for us. Long time exposure 
to violent video games does not show desensitization on empathy for pain. Empathy for pain. Now, let me read the conclusion. Observation that there were no significant difference between VG and NG suggests that individuals with VVG exposure may not have a deficient in their capacity for empathy. There was empathy for pain between individuals with VVG experiences and non-VVG. I guess VVG is very violent games or something. Experience indicated that the desensitization effect on, of, of violent video games is not significant. Well, so what, did they hurt somebody and then see if this guy feels bad for him? It's uh, yeah, no, not really I, the claim I, I, I was making. Just, just read the just read the and the conclusion to get it. I mean, the, the, you can see the process in the. Look, look, look at those painful pictures. Okay, Ugh. so pain refers to the perception yeah, look, and those painful pictures of, of others. I played pain. a lot of violent video no. games. And they, okay, this is not, I'm, I am reacting to that guy cutting his hand while that kid comes. Yeah, hold up, hold up. Yeah, this isn't what I was saying though. Okay, this is if you watch somebody else like it in her pain, you're gonna like you know like like whoa that guy's in pain. Like that's obviously true. So what were you saying then? I'm, okay, if you yeah. were forced to do it, you'd be more okay with it. Uh, but that, that seems like yes. very difficult to measure. Not really. You can measure it. Like, uh, uh, by the way, I'm sure they do this. Like, Imagine like you're afraid of spiders, right? And you mm-hmm. play a game with like spiders in it. You'll freak out the first few times, right? But then slowly mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be like, okay, it's not real. I'm safe. It's a game. Like, the spider's not real. And you get used to the spider. Like, I mean, I, the fact that we use this for Flight Simulator is, is kind of, you know, proves my point. I don't know. I'll die. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with, uh, this peer review study over here. No, this peer review is trying to test that will people who play violent games not be able to tell that other people are in pain, which isn't which isn't what I said. Are, are there any? I mean, maybe perhaps for the post game, or maybe bring it up next week. Find something that kind of like follows up with this. If there's any right, out there? All right, I'll try. Please somebody comment. Yeah, I'm fine with uh, video game spiders. But I am not fine with IRL spiders, and never will be. Well, uh, well you say never will be, but they have uh, psychological. Uh, procedures for this where they try I don't, I don't know what the terms are but exposure therapy i believe it's called right so they'll start mm-hmm. with maybe a, a spider you know behind a cage right or whatever and then it slowly 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 um build mm-hmm. up to it it's same with the social situation eventually the spider will be all over you yeah, yeah it's, it's, right? eventually you will want the spider yeah. on you <laughs> that's the end goal for the therapy you will yeah. swoop in the spiders yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> never spiders yeah i'm not a fan of spiders either. what's pretty funny is actually like I remember Altai's girlfriend was uh, in Vegas staying with us. And like she's like, Spider! She points at it, like, Aaron, go kill it. And I'm like, Rebo, go kill it. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to stay away. So both Aaron's girlfriend and me were like, just, just staying away from the spider. And we let Aaron kill it. Because I was yeah. too pussy to go kill the spider, too. <laughs> it was even funnier. We had a, we had a cockroach one time. Mm-hmm. And Omar literally is like, I'm going for a walk. And he left. <laughs> he, 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 he abandoned the building. I, I abandoned the castle. I'll take it. Take care of it. All right. <laughs> when I'm back, that shit better be dead. I'm still. I'm still. I'm. I'm still a bit of a pussy when it comes to bugs. Not a fan, boys. Not a fan. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a fan, but like, I, I, I don't like like them on me. But it's not like a, a big deal. I'll tell you, I've killed so many spiders in MRPGs. All right. Ooh, you have no idea. I'm, I'm talking the big ones too. Right. We're talking the black. You got a guilty conscience. That's why. See, you're afraid they're gonna get back at you for what you did to their virtual kin. <laughs> so no amount of uh, training all time video games is, gonna, is, is prepping me for the IRL spiders alright alright I don't know I, I think people are pretty good at distinguishing reality from from, uh, from games but I understand your point too obviously mm-hmm. but I, I I still don't don't see the problem I, I'll, I look I'll look into it I'll look into it I'll look into it a little I'm still strong I mean I, curation works wonders I agree like stuff like um like with Netflix for example I think presenting you stuff like in your face with your, your like even YouTube curates as well like what shows up in your recommended feed what's in front of you Netflix does a really good job with it too but I think a platform that has more choice is always going to be better than a platform with less choice I mean I don't I, think so are there, are there any can you, is there any like can you present me with like, imagine like 
there was a search engine like Google and a competitor came out where the competitor has only 5% of the content that Google has. It indexes only 5% of the content. Okay. Right? And Google includes everything plus that 5%. Uh-huh. Like, no, I don't think any amount of curation is really going to like improve the results that much. I, I think mean, Google... No, I think it's... So, again, I'll go to Costco. I read... So, there's something that's real. You can Google this. It's called the burden of choice. Yes. So, the chief merchant for Costco, they only stock one ketchup at Costco, right? Whereas, mm-hmm. your average supermarket has like 10 or more. Mm-hmm. And actually, Costco is very large, but the number of unique items they have is actually 10% or less of what an average supermarket has. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, they, they did the study, if you're walking through an aisle, right, and there's like 50 kinds of freaking ketchup, you kind of you kind of stop, you look, you look, you look, you look, and, it, and then you just choose nothing. You're like, whatever, I'll come back. But if there's one ketchup, you say, oh, I need ketchup. You take the ketchup and you buy it. So I do, I sincerely believe that giving people too many options actually has an adverse effect than if you, uh, you know, narrow those options. I don't know. I feel like if you like imagine imagine your your um they took your approach, right? Let's say let's say Blizzard took Altai's approach for curation. And every time a custom map was created for StarCraft one or Warcraft three, they would approve it or deny it. You'd have a lot of games that just never got approved. Stuff like Angel Arena, these really weird wonky Why zero would they, balance, well, stupid I ass games. I don't think they would get I don't think those wouldn't be approved. Like, you're risking losing some of like the amazing content that other people make if you have this curation process where you're proving it and, and you know like like they said like even like um like maybe an example, but like I know, for example, Stranger Things was denied by like three major networks before Netflix mm-hmm. picked it up, right? Yeah, and that was a very big hit, right? People enjoyed that a lot. You know, in a world where if it, if we had a system where you did upload it like on YouTube or something, and they can monetize it some other way, where there's there's no approval process, you wouldn't miss out on any kind of gems okay. like that. Okay, okay, okay. It's no. not a good example. Yeah, it's not a good. Imagine Netflix is like YouTube; you can upload videos, and every time you click okay. refresh at five, what what, what the, the ten videos recommended are just random from from everything that's been uploaded. It'd be garbage. Like, even YouTube Netflix, filters. Netflix can still. Netflix would be exactly the way it is today if they had a YouTube like upload system. Like everything in Netflix today with the curation will be the exact same, and they can have a section for user content. And from there, they can curate separately on the user content, and it'll let you search through everything. You can still also, have the per, you can have the curation. I, have also, today. I'm totally for competition between curators, right? So for example, Epic Store is out now. There's uh, Discord is trying to make a store. So I think competition between curators will, will keep them. From missing, we won't miss out on things like Stranger Things because if one rejects it, another will take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, my issue is, I think, and I, I think Steam's decision to be a free for all is what is going to leave the, the door is going to force the door open and allow other competitors to come in. It's going to hurt them long term. That's my uh, guess on this. And we'll, I guess, we'll you have to, to, but you, you have to accept the fact that there, Steam's does do curation, though. You know that, right? They still have the like the games that you see and you recommended, the games you see on the Steam homepage. That's all curated. You can do curation with a free for all as well. There's shit games that are never going to show up on the front page of the Steam store because they're shit games. You know, like we, we, we still have a process for that. And there's a reason why random YouTube videos of a guy clipping his toenails don't show up like on your feed, you know? Okay, but I think a lot of all the platforms are having this problem now, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, where the. Okay, here's a, here's, here's a good metaphor. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Oof, big brain metaphor. Big brain metaphor coming. Incoming. The tail is wagging the dog. So you have this shitty game called Rape Day or whatever, right? It's a total joke. It's a joke game. And I, yet, everyone realizes that. And yet, Steam is getting bad press for it. Okay, Steam could live, right? Mm-hmm. But now look at YouTube. So much great stuff on YouTube. It's a, be- it's, it's a business opportunity, entertainment opportunity. It's a huge global force, right, for good. Mm-hmm. But because you have a few weird things going on, like these weird finger family videos and stuff, it's kind of – that becomes the narrative. So now every day in New York Times, which old people read, and they're in power. You know, they're in Congress and stuff. All they're seeing is, you know, YouTube equal pedophilia. 
That, that's what they're saying. That is the that and Facebook. Facebook equal Russian conspiracy destroying democracy. Facebook equal death democracy. Like that becomes a narrative because they're allowing this a few bad actors to just ruin it for everyone. And it's so, so easy for them to just say, okay, we're not going to allow. If you have rape in the title, no mas. You're not allowed. Cannot, oh, it's, it's a oh, simple oh, filter. You're ignoring the, the benefit they have from having their free-for-all too. Like I said, because of their free-for-all, YouTube is what it is today. You know, Without letting people upload, like I'm sure some of the biggest channels on YouTube started uploading absolute shit to your content and they've gotten better over time. You know, And if they were never able to get out there with their shit to your content, they, they never would have done anything in the first place. Yes, the bad apples are there, but the problem shouldn't be, okay, because we have bad apples, we should just eliminate all of these instead of just getting rid of the bad apples. No, but I didn't say eliminate all of these. I said they have to curate. They have to choose what to stock on the shelves. And, and you could have thousands of items on a shelf. You know, like I said, like I'm not saying you got Steam has to have like five games and that's it. You know, you can have thousands and thousands of games. You won't miss anything. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm all for the YouTube system. I don't know. I think we find a disagreement on what works better. Where cura- I mean, you can do curation with the you can do curation with free for all, but I'm still fundamentally just a fan of the the free for all system. And you have you know where everything goes is what gave us like basically Reddit, what gives us amazingness of Discord. Like imagine if Discord was just like, like 20 channels curated by Discord, it would be nothing. You know, like the free for all is what makes Discord amazing, it makes Twitch amazing, what makes YouTube amazing. It can't last though, as a poet once said, nothing gold. May stay or last. I forgot what he said. All right. Well, the clear the poet did a good job saying it. All right. I guess not. All right. I, I read one thing last night actually before I went to sleep, and I put up the put up the post for it just this morning when I got up, which I found pretty astounding. I mean, we've talked about uh, I mean mobile gaming being big big deal, right? But I think today marks a, a, an even bigger landmark with just how big mobile gaming is. So Tencent's Honor of Kings, a game we've talked about in the past. Very successful in China. Not so big in the West, but unbelievably successful in China. Made a record $1 billion in one month. Oh my. So in the month wow. of February, a short month, by the way, it made about a billion dollars, according to uh, Japanese investment bank Nomura, which says they made about 7 billion Chinese yuan, which is a little bit more than a billion US dollars, actually. But just to give you some context on that $1 billion figure, I mean, League of Legends in their most successful year ever was 2017, and they made about $2.1 billion all year. My so this God. game in one month, Made a billion US dollars, and, and that was because they did um, they did a pretty big expansion as well. Damn, that is mind blowing. Yeah. So again, more context. And an average month before the expansion, just you know, without any big updates, they were doing about three hundred million US dollars a month. So even their average month is pretty good. Three hundred million bucks, ain't, you know, ain't no chump change. But in one month to make a billion dollars is insane. So this already makes like over three billion, three point six billion dollars a year. This is probably. The single most successful like video game in the world. Uh, I don't. We don't have any kind of figures for Fortnite though. I know Epic Games released that they made three billion dollars in profit last year. But the problem with that figure is, I mean, Epic Games powers countless, you know, games. You know, they get a piece of revenue for every game that is built on Epic. They never broke down how much money Fortnite itself makes. So it's hard to compare Fortnite to Arena of Valor or Honor of Kings. But I think this Chinese game probably makes more money. And you, okay, so we've, we've said this before in, in uh, the podcast, but. League of Legends was a uh, Riot Games was initially approached by Tencent to make a mobile version of uh, League. So they this this could have been America an American you know based studio Riot Games mm-hmm. making mobile League right, but they rejected the idea. So Tencent just did it themselves, and that's why it looks so much like League because the initial thought was to make a mobile League. Um, so mm-hmm. it's amazing to think how much money Riot left on the table. Mm-hmm. And it's. Uh, people, some people are saying it's a pretty shit game. I, I, I've played a lot of shit MOBAs. 
uh, a lot of shit mobile games as well. I would say Arena Valor is definitely one of the more polished ones. I mean, I, I think people saying it's shit really haven't really, I mean, I think it's actually a really well-made game. And I, I think everyone who just shits on it without playing it is doing a disservice. I mean, I, I shit on mobile games all the time, but I do try playing them before I shit on them. And this game just kind of exudes quality. You know, it's, I think it's, it's a top-tier mobile game, and it just plays really, Zeus. really smoothly. Yeah, I, I think it's a, beautiful, it's a really good game. I mean, you, the Western version is playable, Arena Valor. Though most of this money, as I said, is made from China. The game is an unbelievable hit there. But it is playable in the West. I mean, the biggest competition in the West for this game is the um, Vainglory is doing much better in the West than this game right now. Is uh, is I wonder is the Western version of this up to date? Like, do we also have the expansion? Because mm-hmm. I would if if we do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna redownload this on my phone just to see uh, what's going on in this game. Uh, that's a good idea. I, I'm not sure when the, the I, I doubt they're equally updated. I mean, imagine the Chinese one is is way further ahead. But this expansion launched in January in China, so probably not out yet here, but it'll probably be coming out soon. It's probably the biggest update for the game since its 2015 release. But one billion bucks, boys. Oof, that is that's a lot of money. That's that is, a lot of moolah. Oof. Again, biggest, like the biggest like PC game of all time, only made two billion dollars all year. So this game, this game is absolutely crazy. Can we take a moment to appreciate uh, China's best phone company, Huawei? That's oh, always. They've been the news a lot all time. All right, so this song came out, and I, I thought it was pretty funny. And I'm, I'm going to paste the lyrics in here, boys, while I play this. <laughs> it's a propaganda song boosting Huawei, the uh, Chinese phone company. The lyrics are even better. You should, you should, you should tell us the lyrics, what these, what these young girls are singing. All right, let me post this in chat. I can't believe this is real. <laughs> I can't, so it starts off by saying, everyone say Huawei. The battery is durable and the appearance is good. With the most precious Chinese chip. Ranking the first in the phone world. Huawei strives for innovation. Grandpa says Huawei is a good name. Chinese people can achieve. Huawei is good. Huawei is beautiful. Huawei brings me wisdom. Teacher tells me to love my country. And to love our domestic brand. Huawei. <laughs> Huawei is good. Huawei is beautiful. Huawei wins glory for our country. We chase dreams in a new era. Aspire to achieve. This is amazing. I like, love imagine it. Apple having like a, like a... Or Samsung doing this. It, it would be so hilarious. You know, people in America say uh, the Apple fans are like, like a cult. You know, the app, cult of Apple or cult of Mac. But uh, China really takes it to the top degree here. I agree. They're, they're definitely next level over here. Alright, that's enough of that. Everyone's a Chevy. The tires are durable. Their appearance is rugged. Chevy wins glory <laughs> for a country. <laughs> there you go, Lord Foley. You gotta, you gotta be the marketing advisor for GM. All right, gotta bring back these, uh, these jingles and songs. By Huawei, boys. This shit only works with Asian kids. <laughs> I think it's hilarious though. What a, what a ridiculous ad. Anything else on Doc Alta? I got a few. I got, I got one more good, st- funny story for Shroud the Avatar. A oh, sad one, actually. Have you heard about this? Uh, the going uh no office thing. Yeah. So they so what what's happening is uh Shroud the Avatar basically gave up their office space and this is uh the company that you know there's made by Richard Garriott the guy who made Ultimate Online and uh basically they're saying we're we're we're, do, we're basically commuting we would basically work from home now to keep the game running but really what this sounds like is you know this is not really an experiment they chose to do on their own. They said, we decided to do a little experiment to go office-less, and this will free up revenue that we were spending on things like office and utilities. Now we can work from home and do better things. But this seems more like, okay, we're running out of money. Uh, we got to save some money somehow, so no more office. 
It seems yeah. like this game is on its last legs. I, I think it's going to go for a while. Uh, from what I read, so they're going to save eight to 10000 a month, and mm-hmm. they're going to use that to, for advertising. That was their uh, claim. Mm-hmm. And... I do. They said the rent in uh, Austin, which is where they're based, more than mm-hmm. doubled since they signed the lease. When I guess, wow. yeah, so five or whatever years ago, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, if anything, I feel like this kind of company can go officeless, right? Because if everyone has a computer at home, why do you need the office for? I guess, but it just seems like anytime your company is like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut the office expense by literally not paying our rent, and. It just doesn't seem like a good sign for a game. No, I, I mean, do yeah, want to say yeah. I do like Shadow the Avatar as a game much more. Like at least it tried to do a lot different than like your average Korean or Chinese MMORPG. You know, it was a sandbox game. It was a skill based. Progr- it, it, it did a lot different, but it just lacked the polish. I think to really catch on. Hopefully, maybe the advertising campaign will work for them. But I am not hopeful. I wonder. What, I, I got to look into this after the podcast. What version of Unity is the current build running? Because it is built on Unity, I believe, and mm-hmm. I don't. It just doesn't. I mean, I know Unity has, you know, has a lot of Rust is on Unity, and I feel like even Rust, the UI is never the strong suit of Rust, right? Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Well, you played Rust, but same with the Shadow of the Avatar. I just didn't like the UI, to be honest. Well, the UI in Rust was pretty clean. What's the problem? Really? With it? I, don't, I just never liked it. It was just actually, I think I would argue that Rust had the best UI of any of any of, any of the survival games. I mean, I've tried playing Ark. I've tried playing Atlas. It's just a hot mess. The beauty of Rust is just how streamlined and simplified it is where when you build things and you go through your ui to build things it's very straightforward in fact you know if you've never played before you can figure it out pretty easily whereas if you've never played before and you try playing arc it's a hot mess of a ui i hate the ui in in other survival games i, I mean i hated it in rust as well i guess i hated it even more in other ones actually someone mentioned that we should talk about uh Dissidia, but, and before we get to that actually we should talk about kurt spell a game uh that just did their closed beta test uh, i think last week uh, we played it, ago. right? Yeah, both Altai and I had a chance to play it for a little while. Uh, Altai just tried it for like two minutes. I played it for a little bit longer. I played for a couple hours. I did a first look video for it too, and maybe just show up the first look video okay. on, on the stream. And this is a game that some people were looking forward to for a while. I do want to say it has first the good. The game is absolutely beautiful. I, I love the art style. You can see even the, the, the character creator right away that the actual animations in the game are top notch. It's a beautiful looking game. And actually one of the nicest character creators I've seen outside of Black Desert Online. There's a what level, what, how much you can customize the character. Character art, customization, A+. Okay, real quality there. And uh, it's it's not really an MMO, though. It's actually just a PvP game. And actually, once I got outside the character creator, uh, my interest for the game quickly died down. I thought the PvE was kind of fun, but the PvE was not nearly as... Like, basically, the PvE was like Dauntless, okay? You basically just fight big bosses over and over again. And it was stage-based. So you beat a level, you fight a big boss, you beat a level, you go to the next level, and so forth, right? So it's very much like Dauntless in that regard. But Dauntless just had much more tactical elements much more decision making planning the bosses were more intense they had more like different kinds of attacks and it, it was just, i would say the, the, the boss fights in dauntless were much much better it had the same kind of boss fight mechanic whereas now kurt's pal isn't really a pve game so it gets kind of a pass over there it's basically just a two it was a 2v2 or 3v3 PV, it was a pvp game basically so you're just fighting other players in kind of like an arena so think of it like a, a fighting game or battle right meets like the city of final fantasy where you just basically fighting with multiple modes but my problem with the PvP was right from the get-go, it just didn't. It just felt very janky. Yeah, I, I don't mean to say that there was no tactics or skill involved. I mean, clearly, knowing when to disengage, when to engage, when to use your attacks, when to dodge are all very important. But the game just didn't feel polished. It felt very janky. Moving itself felt okay, but I would find myself my character game tripping over like little like indents on in the ground where I couldn't like walk over these stairs to like manually fully move around even though it was like one inch off the ground. And attacks just felt like oddly weirdly like delayed and it, it just felt really off i mean i like fighting games i, I love battle right 
I've played, you know, I, I played Rakion back in the day. Hell, I think Rakion is probably the best example for what, what Kurtz Pell is today. It's just it's arena fighting game. But it just it, it didn't just didn't do it for me because the combat just felt really janky and it was weird that they even had this PV element because it wasn't it was it was it wasn't super in depth, but it was there. They spent resources making this PV element when I feel like they were just wasting their time. The game was a PvP game. I mean there was no reason to even put any effort onto this PvE when it just just there. I mean no one's gonna be like, Oh, I'm gonna play Kurt Spell just for the PvE. There isn't enough depth to play just the PvE. You like the PvP, go play Dauntless. You like the PvP in Curse Belt, just play any fighting game. You know, or maybe even the City of Final Fantasy one that goes free to play. Those are my yeah. thoughts. Yeah, it, I mean, it, honestly, it was like a joke. I was expecting a, a much more in-depth PvE mode. Somebody told mm-hmm. me it's you know basically a PvP game. Uh, mm-hmm. I, was, I was a little shocked. I thought I actually thought the opposite. It would be a PvP mode that's like the side thing, whereas the main thing is like Dungeon Fighter Online, like that kind mm-hmm. of that kind of single uh, PvE. Uh, so that's, that's that's unfortunate. People are pointing out the CC chains were so broken and stupid in Kurt Spell. Yeah, that's one of the most frustrating experiences too. About why I just it didn't jive well with me. Like, like no one likes just being stunlocked in a fighting game, right? So ideally, you want the damage to like it. It, it just feels really awkward to be stunned for like six seconds, just taking hits in the face, right? Because you can't do anything, right? It's just weird. But imagine instead of being stunned for six seconds in this bullshit combo, that it did the same amount of damage, but it just didn't keep you stunned that long. Like, the idea that the game could just lock up your controls and being still locked for, like, five, six seconds at a time is patently absurd. Like, you can deal the same amount of damage without creating a frustration point for the player by being locked in place. I mean, fighting games have combos and stuff, but, like, ideally, combos don't just last, like, 10 seconds or 15 seconds. Where you just you just can't do anything. It just, it's super frustrating to get CC chained that long. But it, it, I, I just can't see the focus here shifting to PvE either. The game was not designed to be a PvE game. So it just... It just it's very odd. Very odd game. It reminds me of Master X Master with having both PvE and PvP elements. But I would actually say Master X Master did a better job of both. It had, it had more in-depth PvE, even though the main focus of the game was clearly PvP. So the PvE concept, I would say, is fun. Fighting those bosses in, uh, in, in, um, in Curse Palace is pretty fun. I actually died in like, the second boss like twice before I killed it. And it wasn't a game over because you can die like three times. You get like two lives or something, right? So I didn't actually game over on it, but I actually died in the second boss, which is something you don't find in most you know, most most games so the difficulty was kind of interesting learning the fights is interesting but again i'd much rather play dauntless or monster hunter world do the same kind of experience but with just just more to do I, I just don't see this game uh i don't know it just didn't do it for me i love the art style love the character creator but i don't think it's gonna it's gonna succeed no i know i don't think so yeah but um, check out my first video if you're interested though but actually the game would probably most resembled was uh Dissidia Final Fantasy. Altai, that game is going free to play. Do you know anything about Dissidia Final Fantasy? I do not. In fact, I thought it was a mobile game. You th- All right, well, there you go. It's not a mobile game. All right. So what is this? Let's find out. It sounds like a mobile game. Dissidia Final Fantasy NT. All right, let's see. So basically, uh, it's it's a 3v3 arena brawler game. So actually, they're basically... Basically, honestly, best example, just look at it's Curse Pell, where you, you're fighting in an arena instead of 2v2. It's 3v3. You pick characters across various Final Fantasy games. You're not limited to any one franchise. You can play like um, characters in Final Fantasy 14, Final Fantasy 7. So, all bunch of popular Final Fantasy characters, you know, just, just brawling it out in like almost like Battle Right style arena. Like if, it's basically a, fight, a 3v3 fighting game, is what this video is. And it's going to be free to play on um, March 12th, both on PS4 and Steam. I mean, the game was previously buy to play title, and being free to play, there's a rotation of free characters. But you can individually buy each character permanently if you want with microtransactions. But it's a cross-platform, cross-play compatible with the, with the paid version. Oh, wow. So anyone can play it. So it's 
I'm actually happy to give it a try. It's, it's a game I've actually heard of, but I've never played. I've seen like maybe one or two gameplay videos on this first time when the, when the first the city game was announced, but I've never played it. Though it did look, it, it did look kind of cool. When did this come out? Let me Google this. I think the city NT came out. I think a little over a year ago. Huh. But it's not the first the city game. Oh, it's got some really wonky UI though. If you, think, if you look at the gameplay video in the in the article I linked to you, it definitely looks definitely looks odd. And doesn't it looks like it's trying to do the same thing of Kurt Spell did? Yes, it does. And I kind of worry that the it won't feel fluid. But again, I can't know until I try it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting. It looks like a mobile game port to PC. Yes, Lord. Nice. Yeah, that's what, it looks like. that's what it looks like to me too. Mm-hmm. So Smash Bros. of Square. I mean, uh, like at least it seems a little not quite Smash Bros. S, but actually, I, I mean, not a bad uh, comparison because you have all the characters in multiple. Uh, all the Final Fantasy games, and there's quite a bit of characters to pull from over there. So, so I, I guess that's a fair comparison, kind of like Smash Brothers. So it, I think, yeah, go ahead. it was initially an arcade game in Japan in, back in 2015. Mm-hmm. I remember cool. seeing the arcade game really? in California when I was, when I was oh, in California. Wow, arcade, and I've seen it. I mean, the, all these Japanese machines. I remember seeing this there. Right. It looks really pretty, though. Like it looks yeah. beautiful. It's coming out in March 12th. So yeah, is... so free to play. Another that's game that's next week. We should try it after the podcast or before. All right. Sounds good. All right. We'll see. We'll see who's uh, stronger, Cloud or Sephiroth, all right? I mean, it depends, depends on who's playing them, unfortunately. <laughs> so, <laughs> probably the most obscure character will be the best if you play it well. It looks really pretty, though. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a try. I can play some. Final, I can play Yushtola and some other Final Fantasy fourteen waifus. All right. I, I have an interesting Apex Legends stat. Have you, I don't know if you've seen this yet. All right. So here we go. Sure. So. Fewer than half of Apex Legends players have ever revived a single teammate. No. Yeah. What? And I think about it, right? So I usually play with a group of, you know, three. Mm-hmm. But the few times I played solo, nobody's rezzed me and I've rezzed nobody. So I, I, I can believe it. <laughs> we, That's terrible. I don't really organize where I'm going with my, you know, if, I, if I'm playing with two randos, I just kind of do my own thing. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Because when I play, at least with my friends, I, I prioritize rezzing all the time. In fact, some of my friends don't always prioritize rezzing. I, I get kind of frustrated because rezzing teammates is probably the most important thing you can do in Apex Legends. Just having another body up in the air, and they get they get picked up in like three seconds anyway, so it's not like a big <laughs> commitment. Like you have to rez people if you want to win games. Yeah, so it's really. But here's the thing: you're playing with your friends, right? So you're rezzing them. Yeah, of course. But if you were playing with puppies, I don't think. You'd I be think so- I would still. Rezz. I would still. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't prioritize it the way I do when I play with my friends, but I still would feel like okay, like. If I say good opportunity to rest somebody, I'm going to do that instead of fighting. Like, if a guy is a, a mile away from me, why am I trading blows with him when I can be resting my teammate? It makes no sense. Yeah, It's clever how they figured this out. So apparently the number of trophies or the percent of people with trophies is public on PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. So only 49.5% of players have this one trophy that you you get by resting one person once. That's actually amazing. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Like, What percent of players have ever won a game? That's a good question. I feel like it, it obviously a little easy, easy. I mean, if you play solo like in PUBG or Fortnite, the number might be lower. I'm curious what number could be in Apex Legends because it is three players. But I don't think they don't share any kind of stats like that, so we won't know. It's winning. I mean, yeah, it's an example. It's definitely highly random to a degree. But you've seen players like I, I have friend. I have a friend who plays Apex Legends. His, his win ratio over well over 100 games is over 30. percent So. Having one player win over thirty percent, and he's not—he's no kind of pro. I mean, if you watch some of the, if you watch probably people like Shroud play the game. I mean, some people get like thirty kills. That one guy got like Mendo got like thirty-six kills in one game or thirty-three or whatever it was. I mean, players like that can win like forty percent of games or higher because they're so much better than everybody else. 
I got, I've been having a lot of fun with Apex Legends, though. I mean, it, I think they announced 50 million players today, too, which is pretty crazy. That's right. Just, they, that's But that's not concurrent, right? It's just total... No, no, no. no. But yeah. the last time we got a concurrent figure was, I think, a week or two weeks ago, where they they announced 2.5 million concurrent players with 25 million players. So if we extrapolate that to 50 million players, their concurrent player base is around 5 million, if we follow the same logic. I feel like they would have announced it if it was 5 million. Yeah, so let's say fine, it's still like, let's say 3 or 4, or maybe yeah, 3 yeah. point something. Yeah. So the game is still doing incredibly well. I mean, this came out of nowhere, and it's absolutely booming. And, no, I mean... Tell my friends is still playing. Well, I have one other funny story about uh, Apex Legends this week. So some, mm-hmm. apparently somebody 11 months ago on Reddit leaked the game. So they posted mm-hmm. this called uh, an R Titanfall, saying alleged minimap for rumored Titanfall Battle Royale game. And nobody believed him. They thought he was, you know, just making it up, trolling. So he got downvoted. But after, mm-hmm. obviously after the game came out, you know, it turns out he was right. Wow. 11 months ago, nobody believed him, boys. Yeah. It looks real, though. I mean, you can see the, the, the names of the locations. Yep. They match locations in games, so somebody actually did leak, leak it, and ain't nobody buying it. I mean, Lord Four, it's amazing. I mean, if you have a, a really good game, I mean, you can do well without advertising. I mean, some of the, I think some, like places like Costco, for example, one of the most successful successful retailers in America, they don't really advertise. So having a really good product is probably the most important part. Indeed. Fortnite has been out of the news lately because they've been kind of overshadowed to a degree by Apex. I mean, obviously Fortnite is a bigger player base right now, but uh, everyone's talking about the up-and-comer. All right, here's a fun little story. So before we played League, Omar, or before you played League and I played Dota mm-hmm. 2, we both played Heroes of New Earth. Mm-hmm. And that game is still going, apparently. In fact, they're getting their very last patch, so it's not going to be their going... last patch? They're shutting down? They're not shutting They're going to maintenance mode, so no more patches after... Uh... That's so sad, actually. Yep. We played this game a lot. I played a lot of Heroes of New Earth, and I loved this game. But the problem was both League and Dota just kind of offered... Like, this was always... This was like the Dota 1.5. Before Dota 2 came out, Heroes of New Earth was amazing. Heroes of New Earth just copied all the Dota heroes and added a couple of their own. So this was like the game to play because it was Dota with reconnect features. It was just awesome. But once Dota 2 came out, it just it kind of marked the end for the, the slow death of the game. It was, actually, it was actually much faster paced than both League or Dota 2 from, you mm-hmm. know... If you go back and play it now, it it seems so quick. It's like 1.5 speed. Mm-hmm. Rip, uh, rip yours in New Earth, though. They're going to maintenance months. That's so sad. I knew this game was somewhat big in Southeast Asia. I know the, the player base in the West has declined significantly. But I thought it was always kind of holding on in Southeast Asia. I mean, the guys behind this game, too. Uh, the guys who made this, S2 Games, they're kind of, they're kind of dead. You know, S2 they, Games... Yeah, they sold this. They don't own this anymore. Yeah, no, they, they sold Han... And they they started working on um, the other mobile, which is available on Steam right now. Do you remember what's it called again? Oh, Rend Rupture, something like that. Strife. Uh, it's called Strife. Strife. It's oh. called Strife. So it launched in 2015. Strife. I think I think this, it's still available on Steam, but it's 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 a dead game completely. Let's see the Steam charts for Strife. I mean, it, it's really fluid. I mean, S2 does an awesome job making their games like run well, but I guess it just didn't catch on. I mean, I played it when it first came out. I played it actually just for memes. Like I think a month or two ago with a, with a friend, we played 1v1 on Strife. We were the only players online. But I, it, I don't know. It's dead. No point of playing it now. I'm trying to find it. Oh, that if I, oh, is this it? Yes, this is it. Oh my god, it's so sad. It's got one player online. You can't even play one game. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. Sad. So here's a question: Would you pay like a uh, hundred bucks for this game? I pay a thousand. I pay. Over a thousand bucks for this game. Give it to me. All right, let's let's, let's contact S2 Games here. It S2 hasn't been updated. Yeah, it hasn't been updated in like over a year. There's only one person playing it. Come on, they got to sell it to us. 
S2 games. Come on. Hook me up. I'll pay you a th- I'll give you a thousand bones for Strife. I feel like you're overpaying, to be honest, but... Well, like no way. A- this, game is, you know, this game is dope, all right? I'll pay I'll, 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 I'll probably have more than a thousand dollars, all oh, right? stop. Stop, stop uh, negotiating with yourself. Wait. Stop bidding against myself. Yeah, Fine. stop bidding against yourself. Okay. Look, I, I've said it before. I would love to buy like a, a shitty like free-to-play MMORPG. I mean, MOBA is a little tough. It has because, to be like, shitty. Don't forget. Yes. So if you're a developer and you don't think your game is shitty, MMORPG is not interested. I'm not interested. I want shitty games. But, but here's the problem with Stripe. I would actually rather have like, like Archlord or some of these random like Kalanai, some of these random obscure Korean or Chinese MMORPGs because an MMORPG you can play with one player online, right? I mean, like, you can't really play a MOBA without at least like 10 players in the game. So at least you, if you buy, if I ever buy a shitty Korean MRPG, I can just run it myself. And if only two players are online, they can still play the game and enjoy the game. Bro, R O R O private server. Much love, Pakiaki. I appreciate it. When I get a game, though, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let you all know. One day, someone's gonna take me up on this offer. It will be the primiest, the shittiest of the shit. Okay, so you there know. The, there are some really shit games out there that I've tried buying. I've contacted. There's, there's one really awful game that was available on Steam for like a whole two months for it shut down, and it was actually one of the worst games I ever played. It was an MMORPG. I forgot the name now though. I, I I tried to contact them to buy it, but no response. If I couldn't get that game, I'm not gonna be able to get anything else because that was the worst of the worst. One day I'll buy one. one Did Arsenal get a sequel? Yeah, I think it was Arsenal Two, wasn't there? Yes, I'm pretty sure there was Arsenal Two. I'm pretty sure Arsenal Two was just the same game, if I remember correctly. Is game, yeah, it is, I'm pretty sure that, that game has long been dead too. Yeah, it shut down in 2015. Rip Archlord. They're relaunching. Um, they're relaunching Soul of Ultimation though. Altai, are you hyped for that? I did hear about that. I am not hyped for it though. Uh, Son. I can't blame you. Here's a story. So okay, so as we know for many years now, Black Desert is coming to Xbox and it finally mm-hmm. arrived. And I, I saw a few people complaining that it kind of lodged in a vanilla state, right? So it doesn't have all the updates that the PC version has. But mm-hmm. but it kind of makes sense. I mean, if they just launched the current version, it would kind of outdate a lot of the, the content. I'd rather they launch it fresh, but I would I would hope that they make the patch cycle quicker so they can so eventually the two converge. You know what I'm saying? Nah, have it all launched at really? once and have both have both games update at the same time. That's what Warframe is doing. I mean, Warframe updates both the, the PS4. And the, the console version, the PC version, on the same day now. I mean, now they, maybe. But they expect, if they don't expect any new updates for Black Desert, yeah, you're right. Have extend the content cycle, but presumably they're working on updates for the PC version as well. Right. It's weird. That it's like okay, three years. Say, but hold up, it's not weird because look. So imagine there's one big update every year, right? So in the mm-hmm. Xbox version, they could have a big update every three months, so that within a year, they're caught up, and then they can start making it at the same time. Right. I but feel. What's the benefit of that? Besides shafting your console players, making Where's them feel the, like no, no, no. Here's the here's the benefit: you get to experience the content as it's going. Like a, a lot of MMORPGs do this; they have something called progression servers, right? Well, they'll yeah. launch a new expansion. Like they'll start with their fresh server, like EverQuest, and every month they'll launch a new expansion, so they can kind of play through it. You know, like so much of the, if, if you adopt this current version, you know, it's so easy to level now. It was easy before, but now it's even easier. So much of the content is just pointless. So, so many of the regions are pointless because they've been overshadowed by the new stuff. So interesting. I mean, Shinao, as a point out, a lot of older players are liking the Xbox video because of the good old days of PvP before they changed a lot. So maybe the progression element will add some kind of bonus to it. So I, I guess some people could definitely see the value over there. I mean, hopefully they update to the current version quicker. I mean, yes. Assuming, but assuming the old version is better, yeah, I see the benefit over there. I mean, I'm, I'm working no, on the assumption even if that it's the not new better, version even if it's not better. better. I'm talking about just the, the. So for example, imagine in Final, Fa- Final Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. If they launch a new version, I think. People want to play through the expansions, the content. Like you missed out on all those raids, those old raids. Yeah. 
So wouldn't it be interesting if they had a, pro- a new a progression server where every month or two months a new expansion? Yeah, drops. I, I guess. I mean, I guess it could be interesting. Yeah, you get yeah, to play. You get to. You get to. You know, you get to experience what it was like to go through that kind of for the first I, time, fresh. I can see the benefit because right now nobody does any of the old raids. I mean, it's yeah. impossible to do old raids that are in you know with the current level of the old raids, rather than just maybe being high level and one shotting them. You know, it could be interesting. But the thing is, though, the the Xbox version is not cheap. It's like, what, 30, 40 bucks or something? Whereas the PC version is like $5. We're basically free now. So you remember, you're paying you're paying for the... The Xbox version costs significantly more money than the PC version. Mm-hmm. PC version is basically free. I think right now, anyone that downloads a PC version free trial plays the Battle Royale version in Black Desert and gets like five kills, they get a free copy of the game. I mean, <laughs> they've been trying to give away Black Desert for a long time. It's all but free to play right now, basically. Like, uh, mm. like uh, when WoW Vanilla comes out, the official one, I'm more excited to play it, you know, at least for a month or two to get to max level because I want to be there... I bet your server's gonna be so full, right? Like if I wanted to, I could play vanilla WoW today on a private server, where mm-hmm. I'm just a random one level one player and everyone's level sixty. Mm-hmm. But I don't want that. I want to experience. I want to go through it with everyone for the first month. Mm-hmm. I, I see the benefit over there. I, I, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't want to deprive I, 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 the Xbox players of that experience of just going through it fresh. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Indeed. Well, All right. so I'm curious to see how it's gonna do. It's available right now. There's no kind of numbers out there right now, but we'll see. If they release any kind of stats in the near future. All right. Anything else? You got anything else to cover? Uh, I think we covered we covered the big stuff. Do, do, do. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of a lot of custom maps. This, this these last two weeks for me have been playing Warcraft three, Dota two, and Starcraft two custom maps. I've been playing random tower defense games. I've been playing Enfos, Team Survival. I've been playing Dota Auto Chess. I've been playing Angel Arena. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You know. Good for you, but it's very obscure games. But I'm playing a lot of custom maps on like all these. I don't know. I I, I love player made custom maps on these games. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. But what's remarkable is I was on Warcraft three last night, and there was still over like four thousand people online playing custom maps on Warcraft three. After all this time, actually, you getting, I was going to say, are you getting ready for Warcraft three? Because uh, it, it sounds like you are. Yeah. yeah, I'm hyped for it. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe I think they made, they made a big update in Battle.net, which I think they did it in to preempt Reforged. But the UI is like. Much more streamlined, and you can download the the, the the server browser is just infinitely better now because you download maps before you join and download them instantly now. Before, like mm. it would take like an hour to download a custom map sometimes for no reason. Everything is much faster, and it just the UI is cleaner. They they I think they did it in preparation for Reforged. Oh, someone mentioned Anthem, and for me the story of the week for Anthem is the fact that it's actually breaking PS4s. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that I care about PS4s, but. But I think one of the reasons Anthem was largely a letdown for people is because it was designed or developed with PS4 in mind, the old consoles. And now the, 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 this generation of consoles is really showing its age. And I think it's really holding back some ambitious game design. Like a game like Anthem, I feel like was held back by the fact that it had to run on a non-pro PS4 and Xbox S. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of PC players paid the price. Um, if you look at the old concept trailers or what they claim was gameplay trailers, actually. There's a lot more going on. It was a much more intricate world. And mm-hmm. they just cut back on that, I think, just to make it run on PS4. And I still can't get it to run PS4. <laughs> so hopefully we'll see a lot more ambitious games like uh, with MMO Elements once PS5 uh, comes comes out. Yeah, I mean, just once PS5 is out, once people stop working, designing their games to the lowest PS4, it'll be much better. And with that, I have no. I actually, I'm not too hyped about Anthem. I I don't know if I. No. I'll I'll try it if I get it for like you know ten bucks or something. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it's disappointed apparently. They, they sold like half the number of copies as uh, I think Canaris told me they sold half the number of copies as uh, Andromeda. Andromeda, yeah. But so that's a little numbers... wiggly because it's only it's only counting physical sales. And okay, that's, and this, that this is, is more a this is more of an online game, and b just the years since it's gotten more digital. Like every, you know, what I'm saying so. Yeah. So it's not a fair comparison. That's so. not a fair comparison. No. I'm downloading DK Online. I'll I'm hyped to give this game a try. <laughs> try if I can get it for free. Yeah, you know what? That's probably the price I'm looking. You know what? Same with Fallout 76. I have absolutely no desire to try that game until it's free. And when it's free, I'll, I'll, I'll pop in and see what's going on. But I, it's amazing to me that these two big games, you know, Fallout 76 and Anthem, I have no interest in even trying, which I think is a bad sign for them. Mm-hmm. I forgot about 76. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Does PlayStation pay for the brick PS4? Well, Sony is doing refunds um, for... I think uh, Anthem that's an issue. Fallout 76 is not dead yet? No. Apparently they have a roadmap but for the whole year but uh, who knows. Not as dead as Buzz Online. Alright. Alright, post game time? Yeah, post game time. Alright, post game time. Alright, thanks for watching for YouTube. I want to talk about DK Online the post game boys. I want to talk about some Donkey Kong Online. Alright, well you can do that in just a moment.